the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Pastor John Allworth. Compulsive behaviors and addictions are rampant in our society. People are in bondage to alcohol, drugs, pornography, codependent relationships, and more. If you or a loved one is stuck in the cycle of shame, guilt, and continued destructive behavior, keep listening. Recovery Radio Houston with Pastor John Allworth and Tony B. starts now. They'll take your calls and share how the healing power of a personal relationship with Christ saved them and can do the same for you or your loved ones. God wants you to walk into the light. Recovery Radio Houston is live. Good evening, everybody in Southeast Texas. Welcome to Recovery Radio Houston. We're fired up to be here. Tony, you fired up, my friend? Oh, yeah. All cylinders, ready to go. Yeah. Well, well, you know, we want to welcome you on a Father's Day weekend. You know, our Father in Heaven is so wonderful. He's so magnificent. He's so great. And he gives us so many blessings if we just let him. And that's part of the problem with addiction, Tony, is so many of us don't let him. Yeah. And then that's... We lack the willingness. We do, we do. But he's, you know, he's always willing. That's what's so wonderful. Yeah. He's always there. So it's the twenty four seven delivery service. Oh man, always ready to deliver. He's so magnificent, and you know, you just, I just want to shout from the mountaintops to people out there, both the people under bondage that, you know, there's a better way to live, and uh, it's through Jesus Christ, and and also to those that are that are. You know, the collateral damage that are affected by people in addiction because they need hope too, man. So, and there's hope, and his name is Jesus Christ. So, we want you to join us, and God wants you to know, just like our intro says, that he wants you to walk out of the darkness and into the light. Uh, He doesn't care where you've been, uh, what you've done. Uh, He will forgive you if you just open your heart to him. He will accept you. He loves you more than we can possibly imagine. And he's got a mighty purpose in your life. And if, you know, sometimes it's kind of crazy, but the worst things you've done and the the farther down you've gone, the po- more powerful your testimony is. Yes, the more absolutely. The more you can help people. And we're learning that on that show. What are we on, Tony, our 25th episode? I counted it. Uh, well, after I made that comment last week, I actually went back and looked, but I can't remember. But it's, it's uh, if I would... If I was made to guess, between 18 and 23 episodes, somewhere in there. And where can they find people find those, Tony? Well, we can go to you can go to the KKHT uh, website, kkht.com, go on the programming and look at podcasts, scroll down and look for our show, or you can go to Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you can find podcasts and search for Recovery Radio Houston Podcast. And you'll, you can subscribe to it. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. And they'll automatically be delivered to you whenever they are put on uh, on the website. 
We're going to do a couple things. We're going to pray, and then we're going to uh, we're going to make a couple of announcements, which is a little bit different. But I always feel kind of rushed at the end to get the announcements out, so we're going to do it twice. We're going we to don't do want it. you to rush, Pastor. Thank you, Tony. I'm <laughs> I'm good at rushing. You know, and one of the things about recovery is learning to slow down yeah. and appreciate what God has to offer. And then, no, not too slow. Yeah, not too slow. And <laughs> and then uh, and then Tony's going to kind of lead us tonight in a discussion about. Uh, fathers and fathers that are struggling with addiction. I'm going to kind of hit it from a little bit different perspective, Tony, and that is the children who have fathers that are or parents that are that struggle under the bondage of addiction. And uh, so let, let's get started. Father God, we just come to you tonight. We just, uh, on this Father's Day, I just uh, have so much humility in my heart, and, and I know Tony does too, about all the blessings and the things that you've done yes. for us. You are so wonderful. You are so magnificent. You are so fine. And I just hope you open hearts out there for people to listen that uh, that there's a better way and that you love them just as much as you love us and that they're, if they just open their heart and surrender to you, everything will change. Father, we also pray for healing and unity in our land tonight. Uh, we know that the answer is to you, is you, and you, we know you're going to use these crises to, to have a revitalization of your church, and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, a couple of announcements before we get going, and the first one is, I'm really excited about this, Tony, um, our addiction ministry, which uh, you and I started six years ago, yeah. six years ago? Something like that. Yeah, that meets at New Covenant Church in uh, in Humble. Uh, we're going to begin meeting again on June 26th, which is this coming Friday. We're going to streamline things a little bit, but uh, it's at 901 Wilson Road, we're going to meet at 7 o'clock every Friday. We'll be there, 901 Wilson Road. And, you know, we're there to uh, – we're not going to have food right now because of somebody – people may have concerns over COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll have uh, praise and worship. We'll bring usher in the Holy Spirit. We'll have a short biblical message. And then the main thing we do is we break into men's and women's groups. And, and you know, we share each other's struggles and our fears, and but also our victories and our triumphs. And what we have God's a good meeting. For us. Yeah, we do. We do. And so we want you to join us at 901 Wilson Road. We are actually changing the name. We have been uh, Break Every Chain, but we are going to change the name to Covenant Recovery Ministries. And the reason we're going to do that is because uh, I think God's taken us into a new season. And uh, I really believe in all my heart that he wants to revitalize the Church of the Living God, and he wants to bring people in. So we want to signify our respect for that and, and a new beginning in our ministry. And then also because uh, ultimately the new church that, that I've started as senior pastor, uh, New Covenant Church Greater Heights, we're going to have uh, a similar ministry there, and we wanted to make sure the name is synonymous, Covenant Recovery yeah. Ministries. Synonymity. So, yes, there you go. That was a great album by the – oh, no, wait, that was the police. <laughs> Synchronicity. Okay, there you go. There you go. Um, so – Anyway, that leads me to the second announcement uh, with what's going on with the county. You know, Tony, uh, I got to tell you, I got to be honest, it's not easy starting a new church. <laughs> you ain't lying, especially even without a pandemic. Well, yeah, and then you put a pandemic in the middle of it. We we had three services uh, before uh, the county shut down and everything shut down, and we've been online. We, we, you can find us on, on our Facebook page, which is... New Covenant Church, Greater Heights on Facebook. We're there every six. I'll be there tomorrow preaching on Father's Day at 6 p.m. And uh, we, we keep it relatively, you know, we're, you, we're usually done by about 6.45. But again, we praise and worship the Lord, and we have a, a biblical message. Uh, we have decided because, uh, you know, um, uh, for better or for worse, and I know people have strong feelings about this, but the county has is uh, enacting some new provisions uh 
Yeah, that uh, are going to make things a little more restrictive. And Judge Hidalgo has, has indicated that uh, it'll probably be extended. You know, because it's so hard and people are having a hard time, some are, of going to their home church. But coming to a new church where you don't know anybody and you don't know. Hard just, to get off the ground. Yeah, we've decided to stay online until September. Uh, I, You know, it pains my heart. I met with Pastor Mazpika, who's our bishop at New Covenant mm-hmm. Church, and our senior pastor in Humble today, and we talked through it. And, and just with the challenges of that, we're going to try to, you know, save our resources, put together some marketing, pray that the world is returned somewhat more to normal by September, mm-hmm. and uh, make a big push. Hopefully kids will be back in school. And so, you know, we're, we'll be there at 240 West 18th Street in uh, in downtown Heights. Uh, we, we're coming into the middle of the city. That's another thing I want to talk about because, you know, I read, Tony, and this is stuck with me, and I've, I say it all the time, uh, forgive me my redundancy, but I read in the uh, Christian Broadcast Network that the Bible is a book about recovery. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our, our radio show and our ministry in Humble are the same. It's not just recovery from addiction and alcohol. People, oh, you know, I mean. Life issues. Yeah, right in the beginning, Adam and Eve are recovering from disobeying God. <laughs> you know, the the people of Israel as they come out of Egypt are, are recovering from years of bondage. Uh, Noah and his family are recovering from a, a ruined world. So, I mean, everything in the Bible is about recovery. Joseph, after he's sold into slavery. So certainly we focus here on addiction and out to drugs and alcohol. But, you know, it's a recovery church because that's what people need. They need to be fed the Word of God. So we we're gonna, we invite everybody into this church. We won't judge you. We're going to help you. And we also need people that are mature Christians to disciple those that come in and love them. So we'll be back in the church on on September. And I'm sorry these are, announcements are going on so long, but I have one more announcement that is pretty critical. One more time. One more time. And that is that Recovery Radio Houston is going to be changing to a new time slot. Uh, we are going to, and it's probably, it'll either be July 4th or July 11th. We may play a rerun on the 4th at this same time slot, but the 11th for sure will be here at 4 p.m. in the afternoon. Same day, Saturday, but uh, 4 p.m. in the afternoon. Various reasons for that, but that's that's what's going to happen. And so we invite you to continue to join us at 4, and we're hoping we can even reach more people at that time. And, you know, it's not really us that we're trying to get in front of folks. It's Jesus Christ that we're trying to Amen. get in front of folks. All right, Tony. So uh, that's the announcements. And I know that you've got some stuff prepared for us on uh, fathers and addictions. So father's take Day. Take over, my brother. Father's Day. And, uh, you know, I don't – I'm uh, not really a book-read person, but I jotted some things down tonight. You should be really proud of me. I am proud of you, brother. Yeah, it was only five minutes before the show, but I still jotted them down. <laughs> Just trying to organize my thoughts a little bit better than I usually do, which isn't that well. But, um, yeah, being that it's Father's Day and being that I'm a dad and uh, I've suffered from alcoholism for uh, 42 years. Wow. First 42 years of my life. Uh, well, I, I started that magic age of 14. We always joke about 14, it. man. Um, so that's 28 years. Um, not that I had a bottle continuously to my mouth the whole time, but when I had one, I couldn't stop. Yeah. And uh, that's the bare bone definition there. But more than anything in alcoholism is not so much about your drinking. It's about your thinking. And uh, there were a lot of uh, uh, outer outer influences in, in my behavior that we're not going to get into today. But uh, that that led to the need for alcohol to to make me feel like good about me. 
You know what I mean? Um, Can I sneak in real yeah, quick? Yeah, go right ahead. Yeah, let me sneak in real quick and tell people if you want to join the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, number. yeah I forgot. Sorry. Call us at 1-800-808-5548. 1-800-808-5548. We're here to take your calls and listen to your stories and pray for you and, and call for whatever purpose you want, and we're here to take your calls. Again, that's 1-800-808-5548. My brother, I'm sorry to interrupt you. You're good. You go You're back. good. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, when I got sober, when I was 42, uh, I had three young children. And by the grace of God, my kids were very uh, church-led from the beginning. My wife did an excellent job of that. Praise the Lord. Um, so I was spared a lot of, not total, but a lot of the consequences uh, that a lot of children suffer because of their parents drinking. And we're just going to go over a few of them. Um, so consider this kind of like a topic of the meeting tonight for those of, those of us in recovery when we have a meeting. We always start off with a topic, and then if anybody wants to call in and share uh, either a testimony or a strength experience and hope, or if you just have a question, if you're going through what we'll be talking about tonight, we're here for you. Okay, so here we go. Um, number one, I'll start off with a statistic, I, and I was surprised when I read this, but the uh, uh, American Addiction Center says that approximately 28 million children have at least one alcoholic parent. Wow. And children who grow up with an alcoholic parent run a higher risk of becoming alcoholics themselves, and that only makes sense, Absolutely, right? Yeah. But however, it's uh, while genetics account for roughly half of a person's risk for developing an alcohol use disorder, uh, ha- more than half of the children of alcoholics don't struggle with the disease. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? So I've heard a lot also that uh, the disease can um, can skip a generation. Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that half because that's exactly what happened in my family. Yeah. My mom was an alcoholic and uh, uh, her brother is not. Mm-hmm. And uh, m- I became one and my sister did not. Well, in my case, uh, yeah. my parents weren't, but I had a host of uh, aunts, uncles, and cousins <laughs> that more than spoke up for it, you know. I think um, we'd be hard pressed to find too many family trees where there weren't. Oh, some, uh, every, uh, you know, every family's of, got their, uh, their their little pocket of that, you know. Um, now where was I going with that? Yeah. Well, here are some of the important, uh, impact, the, uh, things that impact basic family, family operations due to alcohol use in, in the home. Uh, there's a lack of communication, little or no structure at home. There's a, uh, you yeah. know, you're not really worried about what Johnny and Jill are, if they're keeping their room clean, if <laughs> you're nursing a hangover the next morning, Amen, yeah. uh, there's increased conflict usually stemming from the. Mother and the father that the kids have to either be involved in or at least witness. Isolation from community, meaning, you know, we're not really wanting to go out and do things if, uh, you know, if mom and dad are always fighting or dad's always drunk or whatever the case is. There's a this kind of like an isolation. we got to keep this in the home. Yeah, Nobody can know, that type of thing. Right. And uh, then financial issues. I, I'll put a little asterisk on that there for me because when I gambled, when I was drinking, I was out of control. Yeah. I, I couldn't stop, you know. I mean, it's only 10 years now where I can even think about having a card game with somebody, you know, because uh, I know there's not going to be any alcohol. But in, in the past, it could be not just that anything with to do with money. You know, there was no limit that I could spend at a, at a bar right. or, you know, whatever type of bar I was in. Or if I was on vacation, I really didn't worry about how much the credit card was run up or uh, financial insecurity really doesn't play a part in uh when an alcoholic is partaking yeah, because part of feeling good is being able to feel invincible and just do whatever I want. Right. You know, the freedom quote unquote that alcohol brings you. 
Remember dropping twenty five grand one morning in a Ooh. casino. Yeah, I bet you beat my record <laughs> so, by a lot. I was in a morning, <laughs> so, in one morning. Yeah. Um, now the environment in which a child grows up can have a serious effect on their risk for alcohol issues in adulthood. Uh, it says uh, exposure to alcohol on a regular basis seems to increase a child's risk for future alcohol abuse, and and I can speak to that a bit too. Although I'm not blaming mom if you're listening, I'm not blaming anybody in the family, but I do remember that I. Never felt, and this is because of my tendencies, nobody else, uh, but I never felt like home was more of a jovial place than when people were over and dad popped a bottle of wine. Yeah. You know what I mean? And because everybody was festive, everybody was laughing and joking, and inside of me, this has nothing to do with anybody else but me because my disease is my responsibility. It's not my fault, but it's my responsibility. Um, I just attributed... The uh, the lack of rancor in the house and the lack of any kind of tension or any kind of conflict and just complete lo- uh, loss of care to the fact that everybody was drinking. Happy time, celebration. Happy time, spirits, right? Spirits. <laughs> spirits. Yeah, exactly. Now, again, I'm not blaming anybody for, for that. That was just my perception. Right. You know, so later on, that was my excuse saying, hey, if I'm, if I'm going to have fun, i got to tie one on. You know, and that was my own rational owl. And the sad thing is, is what we don't realize is it starts out for alcoholics in this jovial place, mm-hmm. and that then translates to the things you talked about. Well, above. it's like the big book says most people drink alcohol to, because of the effect. Right. And we all start out that way. Yeah. But uh, And it's fun times in the beginning. It is. It is, and it yeah. works for a long, long time, but then sooner or later it don't. It doesn't. <laughs> and that's when Because you, of the ultimately- progression. And ultimately, you lead to the isolation and the chaos right. and everything else. Yeah. Right. Now, uh, due to lack of attention from their own fathers, children may seek out attention from other adults. And that's where it gets dangerous. There is an age, I can speak for boys because I am one, but there is a certain age where a boy really needs to identify with his dad. And if it doesn't happen and there's disappointment in that area, then that is only natural for a boy to seek that attention, that uh, that bonding with another adult. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I, I can honestly, candidly say that uh, I suffered from some of that. Not myself, but with, with my children. Yeah. To where uh, there was a period of time to where, you know, and I physically felt it, you know, um, that it's, it all of a sudden it seemed that there were other people that were more... Um, What's the word to put on stepping this? Stepping in the father role. Well, not so much stepping in the father role, but my, I noticed that the attention my kids gave them was not what I uh, was what I wanted. Yeah, you know. And I'm being very vague here because I don't want to break anonymity or anything. But I'm sure people out there that can ex- uh, know what I'm talking about know what I'm talking about. You know. Well, you know, and there's another phenomenon. But, it, it, but before before you get in, there's one thing. The, the main thing is that 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 can open the door to someone like a drug dealer. Or someone like a uh, a sexual trafficker, well, or someone. You know what I'm saying? Kid, well, that's, that's you hear kid. the stories about the kids. Don't go down to the candy store by yourself because there may be some bad people down there. That's kind of where you know? I was going, and I don't think it's either that or also you start running with an older crowd, right? And you start idolizing them, right? Rather than the you know Christian father image that we ought to mm-hmm. have at home, right. you start seeing the kid that's got some money because he's dealing drugs, and exactly. that's who you want to be. Yeah, and you know, th- and again, thankfully in my case, and I, I'm very blessed. Was very blessed 
uh, out there and sober that, you know, my church was there, Yeah, you know, and my kids are all uh, participating in church now. They're very active, and, and that's not by accident. That's because they were uh, brought there at a very young age, and they had a good foundation so that when my family was going through the repercussions of my problem, they had a place where the kids were safe. You that's know? good. Uh, yeah, it was very good. I mean, that, that's, hats that's, off to Pastor Maz on that one. Yeah, that's Couldn't a, have done it without you, buddy. You know, Tony, you're, and you're, you're going to keep going, and you're bringing up some great topics. So, mm-hmm. so we'd love to have some people join the show here at 1-800-808-5548. It's 1-800-808-5548. The last little paragraph I wrote here, and like I said, I'm going to take up the majority of the first half hour here, so hopefully if you're out there listening – after, if you hear anything you identify with, please feel free to call. So, and then we'll fill the second half hour with you. Um, but the effects down the road. Now, when I say down the road, we're talking about, like for me, when I started getting involved with alcohol and drugs in that prepubescent stage, you know, 13, 14, 15. Later on down the road means after 18. Now I'm a young adult. Now I'm trying to spread my wings. Now I'm... Uh, in my case, I didn't want to go to college because I had to find myself. You know, I'm still finding myself when I went <laughs> back. But um, there's that time now, the effects down the road of the uh, uh, the behaviors and then leading into the parenting, then that le- you start seeing in the children of the alcoholic. Okay, this is some of them here. Uh, isolation, fear of authority. That was one that really struck me, you know. Uh, you see a lot of people, a lot of young adults, and this is very pertinent to today. Oh, I hate the cops. Oh, the cops are this. Oh, the oh, cops yeah. are that. That's all out of fear of authority because I'm so afraid of authority because, you know, my mom, my dad, my whatever was such a harsh drunk that we think that any kind of authority is going to hurt us. And that's very telling in today's society. What's going on right now in our world about why we look at some cops that are guilty right and we want to brand that on all of them because that's the easy way for us to uh to to explain our behavior yeah. you know what i mean i don't want to get too political there but anyway fear of authority and that can go on with a boss with a teacher with a college professor uh that can go with a spouse you know it can, I, can <laughs> go with god it can go with god oh, but, you know thank you very much because that's the number one that's the number one right there. Hey, God, you know what? You stay up there and do what you got to do. And yeah. Leave me down here. I'll do what I got to do, and we'll be just fine. Yeah. That was my number one deal with God when mm-hmm. I was out there. So, uh, Loss of identity. Compulsive personality. There's where the gambling came from. Ooh, yeah. And the whole loss of other things that I'm not going to bring up on Christian radio. That uh, when you deal in a realistic way, there are a lot of Behaviors out there that weaken uh, pornography, sex addiction. There are a lot of behaviors and things out there that we all know about that we're not going to talk about, but are all part of our compulsiveness when we're in our disease. Yeah, Alcohol just greases the skids into a lot worse things. Boy, it does. Um, it can even be with shopping and with eating. Sure. You know, health-wise. Uh, fear of anger is another interesting one. We always say that anger is derivative from fear, correct? Right. But now I have a fear of anger. So do I have a fear of fear? That, <laughs> I mean, does that make any sense? I mean, I'm not saying I'm not uh, invalidating what this is saying, but really think about that. I have a fear of anger. 
So I'm even afraid of be, of a, what's going to well, – I'm going to tongue-tie myself here. I'm even afraid of what I'm afraid of is going to make me mad. I mean, <laughs> talk about it, you know? Well, you know, there's many aspects of that because – you know, we're afraid of confrontation. We don't want people to call us on our disease right. when we're stuck in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And then the reverse is, as a child of an alcoholic, we never wanted to talk about the, you know, 10-ton elephant in the middle of the room. Mm. You want to ignore that, right. you know, so so the, yeah. there's a fear of any, which is kind of strange. Which since, goes you know, back in the fear of anxiety, isolation, it kind of all feeds on itself, it, right? It does. And keep in mind now, we're talking about the things that our children are going to develop later because of our alcoholism. Right. But if you really think about it and do the reading that I did and live the experience that I live, that all these things I went through in the early part of my disease growing up, and not because of my folks, but because of my alcoholic tendencies and and, and the age at which I started drinking, they often say that, and I think it's very true, that you stop growing emotionally when you start using drugs and drinking. I agree. So here I am in my first AA meeting at 42 years of age, but emotionally I'm not past a 15-year-old. Right. I mean, imagine that. Right. And I've seen grown men with tears in their eyes when I've said that in meetings before because they know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, for sure. You know, that, that hurt little boy in a man's body. Right. How is anybody supposed to understand and recognize that other than, than if they're in, uh, they're in recovery themselves? Yeah, they might at a meeting, but they're not going to out on the Your street. Your boss ain't going to see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, then you have emotional confusion and fear of abandonment. And, and number one for me on that list is fear of abandonment because um, the biggest thing that I pray for, because I still have to pray for my kids, obviously, but but even in this regard, because, you know, I have to own, the big book says that a, a, a man must uh, uh, remain accountable for what befell his home. And I have to remain accountable today and still pray for my kids and and make sure that I am towing the line as far as my recovery because I never know if any of this is going to pop up later in their life. Maybe there's an adult situation that they're not going to be uh, emotionally capable of handling as well because I didn't show them or I didn't teach. You know what I mean? So I'm kind of really spending a lot of time and attention. i got to make sure I don't get too fearful that, uh, that I'm not covering the base with them. And I'm saying all this to say that, you know, the most beautiful part of my recovery and in the uh, reuniting of my family is my dependability upon Jesus Christ. Because all of this stuff, you can hear the paper, yeah. all this stuff, you hear that? Yeah, crumple it, it up. doesn't it. mean anything if I don't trust God. Right. I can read all this science in the world all day long, but if my faith and my trust is not in Jesus Christ who died to save me, Yes. If I'm not keeping that in the forefront, I'm no good to anybody. Died yet when you were still a sinner. And, and, and loved me through every single minute of my sin. Yes, he did. Right? So I say all this to say this. Arm yourself with the facts. Be accountable for everything that you need to be accountable for, but remember that it is only him who can save you, and it is him who has already forgiven you. So stop beating yourself up and just get on board with him and all of this stuff takes care of itself in the long run as long as you trust him and make the right, the next right step. He'll straighten your life out. He'll straighten your marriage out. He'll straighten your family out. Yeah. And only he your can finances. set you free. Your finances. Yeah. 
then the sun sets free is free, free indeed. indeed. You know, you just you just gotta. I mean, brother, we were both lost, yeah. and we are living proof sitting here that mm-hmm. that is true. And I've never seen anybody that really truly surrenders and turns their life over to God that doesn't have the same experience. Yeah, now, that's not easy. To, I mean, it's easy for us to sit here. Oh and say, no, it's not yeah, easy. Yeah, it's it's not because to I mean, be quite candid, it's not always easy to maintain either. Because this world is a booger. Yeah, this world is a mess, and, and particularly these last couple of months yeah. have been uh, highly unusual. So, but you know, that's what gets us into the trouble to begin with is that we are so prideful and we think that we can handle this and we're having such a good time and we're in Vegas doing whatever we're doing and we're, you know, partying and we're the life of the party and everybody loves us because we're fun and we're, you know, before, before it starts going downhill, you know, and and we're, you know, everybody's jovial, everybody's a party and we just think we can handle it and it's our pride and it's thinking that we know better than God, which is really what it kind of comes down to when you're stuck in the middle of addiction. You know what Uh, song is going through my head right now, which I wish we could play right now? Hint, hint, producer, maybe you can pull it up. I don't know, can you? You're a good, good father. Yeah. That's yeah. a perfect Father's Day song. It yeah, would be yeah. great to have that for the show today because he he is the model father. Yeah, he is. He, he loves us through all our iniquities. He forgives us before we're even guilty, right? And he, he brings us he brings us what we need and not necessarily what we want. And that has got to be, in this, especially in this day and age, it's got to be the hardest part about being a parent. And that's what so many people, you know, addiction is founded in selfishness. Mm-hmm. And, and so many people get turned off from, well, I went to God and he didn't give me what I wanted. Well, that's not what it's about. He knows better than you do yeah. what you need, you know. And, yeah. and as I've told you before and I've said on the show, uh, when the worst things that I ever went through in life turned out to be the best. Because that's what, and that's yeah. hard, that's hard for our, our simple human well, minds to get a hold of. What did Rebecca tell you? I'm thankful for your addiction. She did, yeah. Isn't yeah. that amazing? That is amazing. That, hey, give him the phone number one more time before we go to break. Yeah, it's 1-800. I, always, I don't know why I can't remember this number. 1-800-808-5548. You got it, brother. Bing, 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 bing. 1-800-808-5548. Yep. We'd really like to hear your experiences. I'm going to talk a little bit on the second half about... Uh, the the opposite perspective and what to do if you're uh if you your father or your parent uh is is an alcoholic or struggling with addiction and you know how you can cope with that and what you can do uh from that perspective so tony that was a that was i really appreciate what you just laid out um oh and you know what can i say one more thing before we leave yeah rest assured everybody out there because i can say this for myself and there's a true fact that your father or your mother, who's drunk right now, loves you and just doesn't know how. Yeah. It's Remember not that. It's a disease. Pray on that. It's, but there's one in heaven who loves you. Absolutely. You and he'll bring it all together for and you. Thanks for him. So join us again here in three minutes. We'll be back. This is Recovery Radio Houston coming to you live.
messages tonight. We're talking about Father's Day. We're talking about addiction, and and uh, we're talking about you know if you're a father out there and you're struggling, um, you know it's not too late. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, God loves you. And um, in fact, the further you've gone down the road, the more mighty your testimony will be when God turns your life around. And uh, Tony just laid out all the things that happen in families uh, when when dads and moms, when, when they're addicted to alcohol or drugs and the chaos in the family and the increased conflict and the problems with the, with, uh, you know, the family uh, problems that, that happen. Good, good. Just, just all the different issues, financial issues. You know, when you're, when you're drinking and you're doing drugs, you, you don't exactly have the best judgment on financial matters. Um, and also the statistics that there are 28 million children out there and I think it may be higher. I think, in fact, Tony, this was just alcohol, though, the 28 million. Yeah. Who, who have one parent or another that's struggling with alcoholics. I was one of those kids when I was growing up. My sister and I were. Um, you know, he, he talked about how alcohol, how it starts out jovial. Everybody gets it seems to get in a better mood when the, mm-hmm. when the bottle of wine gets opened. Uh, but how over time, you know, none of us are immune to this. It will be a progressive disease, and it will destroy your family. Um, and then how how it affects children and how they seek out attention from other adults and sometimes older kids and and uh, bad things happen. So listen, we want you to join us at one eight hundred eight zero eight five five four eight. We're just kind of having a meeting today talking about Father's Day and addiction because uh, there's one that we can turn to and that's our Father in Heaven. You know, people are gonna you know a lot of people grow up with dads that disappoint them. And that's that's unfortunate. But there's there's our true father that created us, that breathed life into us. He'll never disappoint you. He will never disappoint us. And so, um, you know, that's that's where you can turn. So, Tony, I I read something today about uh, from from the perspective of the child and the things that they go through. And, And it was a list of things that that people should do um, to be healthy. If if you've struggled with a with a parent that's had alcohol or drug issues, if you have, give us a call one eight hundred eight zero eight five five four eight. And I thought this was pretty good advice, um, but it missed the most important thing: is it so they so often do in secular recovery, and that is turn to God, yeah, because He'll solve all your problems. But it, uh, some of the advice was don't compare your life to others, you know, because <laughs> you know I've learned in in my years that we all uh, think that our family's messed up, but uh, the you know our brothers and sisters that we're going to school with they live with with Ward and June Cleaver it's leave it to mm-hmm. Beaver at their house and and, mm-hmm. and that's not true no there there aren't perfect people out there there are families that that are centered their lives are centered around Jesus Christ in fact the ones that look like that probably do have an alcoholic father the, 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 they they very well <laughs> they're may, dressing it up really good <laughs> they very well may be the second thing they said is 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 be the bigger person. And it says it's easy to let your default emotion be bitter when life feels unfair. Don't people in our society do that right now? That's that's not fair. Well, you know that that's also, in my, in my opinion, anyway that that's a that's a device of the enemy. Exactly, it's a device of the enemy to, to take the the already potent problem you have with the with the addicted parent, and then it sours the the thoughts of the family to where like, well, you know, God's out to get us. Why doesn't God give us a break? Why doesn't God heal us? And and yeah. all this and all that, that's just the devil trying to manipulate and, the situation. And why did I have to grow up, you know, with this problem yeah. and that problem? And, and, you know, that's our default thing. And, and you know, people are, 
you know, things do happen that are unfair, but if you turn to God, and the, the other thing it says is practice forgiveness. Well, there are also things that happen for a reason to make you stronger to help other people. And we just talked about that, yeah. you know, how, how sometimes when God shuts doors, that's because he's got another door open down the street, right. or he's got a, he wants you to go through something so that you can help somebody else. And that's, again, what we're... We'll be back at 901 Wilson Road in Humble in our addiction ministry, um, Covenant Recovery Ministries. We'll be there at 7 o'clock this Friday. We, we invite you to join us. You know, because you're not alone. You've got God, but you've also got people that can help you deal with these things, that have been through the same things. God put what you said right before the break when my wife told me, you know, I'm happy for your addictions. Uh, mm. You know, that thankful. was th- thankful. thankful for your addictions. Yeah, that that was uh, at first I said, what? <laughs> Are you crazy? You know, but, you know, it, it shaped me it molded me. God knows what he's doing when you trust him. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is, is you got to forgive. You know, I had to you said something, Tony, right before the break about, you know, that the addicted parent just doesn't really know how to love. Yeah, they don't know how. They don't they don't know how and um so you got to forgive them. I had to forgive my mom. You know, my sister did a better job of it when when my mom passed away. Mm-hmm. She she met with a therapist and and talked through things and and really worked on it. I didn't. I went yeah. the opposite route and went down my own trail of addiction, right. you know. So, uh not you know, being angry is not going to solve anything. No. And being hurt. So, uh, but at the same time this advice was don't enable you know, it's it's okay if you're out there and you're dealing with somebody in your family, whether it's your kid or your parent, that that is an addiction. You don't have to. You don't. You can set boundaries. You know, we got a call a couple of weeks ago, a month ago or so, where somebody said, "What do I do about my kids using drugs in my house?" Well, you don't let that. You don't yeah, let you them. You don't do stand that. for that. You don't stand for it. You say, you know, the drugs are gone or you're gone. You know, yeah. um, I'm not going to have this illegal activity go. Uh, so there's a big difference between being compassionate. Trying to help people, you know, we see that all the time. In fact, I, I see it when I look back. People enabled me; they thought they were trying to help me. And well, enabling comes from a lot of fear. Yeah, you know, does. if if I if I if I confront him, he may run off and do worse. Right? Or, you know what I mean? Like, but really think about it. Um, and this is hard to hear for a lot of people, but it's a pretty selfish route to take. It is. It's you, chicken out. You're afraid of the conflict. Yeah. Then, but, but uh, part of what we're here for. Is to let you know that conflict is needed sometimes. Yeah, well, the Bible confrontation. Says, yeah, when a brother's messing up, you're to go to that brother and right. talk, talk, that, that's your obligation. You know, this uh, kind of goes to the whole thing, this pen and teller thing, uh, where the guy was an atheist and he gave this powerful talk about, mm-hmm. you know, if you really believe that that your brother's going to go. To hell, that's the same thing as watching a, a bus about to run over them, you know, and you don't yeah. do anything about it. Right. you got to go shake them up. So yeah. that doesn't always work, but you got to have the courage to do it. Well, I always like to say that, you know, like in my case, God had to take me far away from everybody I was hurting, so I only reached out to him. And that sometimes with people, that takes a long time for them to do that, and it's hard to watch people go through a year or two or three or four of, you know, you know, out there on their own, they might wind up in prison. Yeah. They might wind up homeless. Um, but they have to be rescued by someone else than you. Because a lot of times when we rescue the ones we love, we don't really do it in the manner of which is needed, which is the, yeah, okay, I'm going to take you in, but I'm going to hold you accountable now, and I'm going to try and give you something that you can build upon. It's so hard you know, when a loved one calls you, whatever the relationship is, mm-hmm. and says, I'm going to get evicted. Yeah. And, and you know that they just spent their 
paycheck or whatever. Or I'm in jail. Should. I need to be bailed out. Please. Yeah. And how do you say no? Yeah. How do you say no? But yeah. but the tr- simple, you're not helping them when you say yes. Right. When you know that it's it's alcohol or drug cause. Maybe the first time is okay. Yeah. But when it's the eighth time, right? <laughs> it's like a friend of mine. A friend of mine says in meetings all the time. He goes, you know, the first time I went to rehab, I got out of there. My wife was so proud of me. She came and picked me up, and everything was fine. By the sixth time, she said, take a cab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uber, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. You know, that it's it's true. It's, yeah. yeah, it's funny, but it, it's not funny. It's true. Well, I mean, we laugh because we can relate, right, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, well, we hear these stories all the time. But. We, we lived it in my family. We kept, uh, you know... My mother wasn't ready to go into rehab, but we kept talking her into it, and it yeah. didn't work. You know, yeah. they've got to yeah. be ready. So um, the other thing is is that I thought was interesting for somebody out there that's that's maybe a child of an alcoholic and um, and doesn't have the problem themselves, but has a social drink every once in a while. Mm-hmm. I thought this was fascinating. Avoid drinking and parenting at the same time. How can you parent and drink at the same time? It says, don't let this happen. Kids know everything. Well, they, they see you every day. Think about it. Think about it. You watch TV, watch movies. You know, people emulate this stuff. Yeah, they do. I mean, it's funny you bring that up because we were watching, uh, doing part of our binge watching with the COVID, and uh, we were watching Ozark. Now that's a that's a train that's a train wreck of a family. But yeah. I mean, all that aside, and a roller coaster. And ride. there was another one, uh, another show. Every single time these people walk into their house, the first thing they did was reach for a bottle of booze and pour themselves a drink. Yeah. And they drank in front of the kids. And Ozark, the kids drank with them. Yeah, they did. Right? (laughs) Now, here's the real funny part is that before a show, they'll put the parental warnings, violence, sexual, nudity, blah, blah, blah. Well, this one show said violence, nudity, and smoking. But nothing about alcohol. Nothing about alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I picked up on that right away because... Every other scene, someone's got a bottle in their hand, or they're one of the guys was an alcoholic in this one show we were watching, and he's just doing nothing but pouring himself shots of Cuervo and snorting lines of coke through the whole thing. And there's no warning for drugs and alcohol drugs at the beginning of this show. So when you say that, think about it. Yeah, our society is very accepting of drinking alcohol. Yeah, it's crazy because I tell you what, alcohol can make you do things. <laughs> That are the craziest things I ever did. <laughs> you would never do without it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's for sure. I Whether mean, you're alcoholic or not, it, it's not a benign. And you know, and of course, it's it's kind of a you know because there are many people out there that can have two glasses of wine with dinner and that's it. Yeah. But for us that are alcoholics, one's too many and a thousand's not never, enough. Exactly. Yeah. So we we just keep going. I I really like to hear from people out there that have gone through experiences, either parenting or or or. Um, had grown up in an alcoholic childhood or or dealing with a parent that that is an alcoholic or a loved one of any kind and you can join us at 1-800-808-5548 1-800-808-5548 so um what do you got planned for father's day tony um what i do for every father's day nothing <laughs> <laughs> oh you mean what am I going to do, like, with everybody else? I thought you meant what I'm going to do physically. I'm going to do nothing physically. Okay. No, I, Father's Day is Father's Day. Just like Mother's Day, I, you know, I cook dinner and whatever. Hey, there you go. There you go. The only expectation for Father's Day for me is spaghetti and meat sauce. Other than that, 
Everything a, is good. That, that's a wonderful Italian <laughs> expectation. We'll, we'll go to church tomorrow morning, and then after that, everything is up in the air. Mainly my feet up well, in the air. <laughs> I'm gonna gonna go to New Covenant in the in the morning. Right. Uh, there. Okay. You coming to the nine or the eleven? That depends when I wake up. Okay. That's a coin flip. Well, I'm going to the eleven because you know after this radio show, I I like to to get a little rest. Yeah. And uh, gonna go. That's uh, where we have our addiction ministry too at nine hundred one Wilson Road. And then I'm gonna prepare to preach a sermon about the character of God, the character of our of our Father. And so if you're out there and you wanna uh, get fed. Maybe you went to church in the morning and and uh, you want a little more God, or maybe you miss church because family things or whatever. You can join us on our Facebook page that's at uh, New Covenant Church Greater Heights, and we'll be on at 6 p.m. We're on every Sunday evening at 6 p.m., New Covenant Church Greater Heights. Also, you know, if you want to contribute uh, to our church because we have uh, we support a couple of different ministries in the recovery community, you can go to New CC. GreaterHeights.org. That's NewCCGreaterHeights.org. And there's a donate button on there, and you can contribute to our ministry. Speaking of ministries that are wonderful to to uh, to contribute to, you know, we've you know what's to- interesting, Tony, about this journey with uh, on this radio show is is the number of people that we have interviewed that are out there that God has put in position to help people mm. in the recovery community. There are so many people out there that if you want to recover or you want to help somebody recover, if you just start getting online or you tune into our radio station, God puts people in place to help. And and one of the people that have, have most impressed me, one of the organizations that has most impressed me through this journey is our friends at the Open Door Mission. Yeah. You know, they're back, uh, they're taking people back in, and uh, for people that don't know, haven't tuned into the radio show, uh, Open Door Mission is a purely private thing. They raise money from foundations and from private individuals, and they don't take any money from the government, which uh, frees them up to do things the way they want, and it's a holistic program. It takes in men who are homeless which is a huge problem in our country, of course, yeah. and 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 or suffer from mental illness uh, because if you're if you're addicted for long enough, you'll suffer from mental illness. Oh they yeah, go, they go hand in hand. Yeah, and it it takes them through a program that is it's really remarkable. I, I think it's probably unique in the country. Uh, it addresses their their legal needs, their medical needs, their dental needs. It uh, they start church at six a.m. and they're in, in chapel every morning at six a.m. It gives them training and life skills. If they don't have any education, it gets them a, a GED by the time they get out of there. Uh, they teach them how to use computers, do resumes, really equip them to become members of society. And at least pre-COVID, they were working with employers that placed them in really good jobs. Well, they were, were partnered with Marriott. Yeah, partner with Marriott and, and a couple other employers, mm-hmm. depending on the, the the skill level of the person, and uh, and they, uh, you know, they they get them jobs uh, before they grow. It's a seven to ten month commitment, and and a lot of people, um, and and our friends over at uh, Project Hope, mm-hmm. uh, it's a similar commitment, and Heaven's Army, who we've had on here, a lot of people in addiction are like, man, there's no way, you know, I'm already behind on everything in my life. There's no way I'm going to give that kind of time. How much time have you spent chasing alcohol or drugs or whatever is your uh, and, uh, addiction? I'm going to try and pull this up on Facebook. Since we have the time, I might as well say something nice about it. But remember how we were talking about how there's so it's so hard 
to find a place for women to go get sober. Yes. Well, there is, and I'm talking because I'm talking slow because I can't talk and type at the same time. But well, there is a friend of ours who, who doesn't go to our church anymore because she moved further north. And I'm not going to give names out or anything until this is uh, official. But she was just handed over a recovery home. Really? Yeah. Uh, Restoration Ranch. Wow, that's great and news. There's a picture of it here. They have a GoFundMe page already. It's just a building that's going to have to be fixed up, a bunch of property somewhere in North Harris County. I forget exactly where. That is amazing. And I don't know the exact circumstances of how she got it, but from what I have heard, because uh, she's been communicating with my wife who's gonna, who's in the middle of helping her with the, what do they call it, 5013C? What yeah. I, I don't know. You say it. Yeah, it, it's a 5013 non-profit, nonprofit corporation. Yeah. Um, they're going to be, uh, it was just basically given to her for nothing. That is awesome. And so That's gonna, God. once that gets off the ground a little bit, we're going to have to have her on to promote that because that's going to be a huge, huge, huge resource for the city of Houston to have a place where, I mean, women really in Houston, and I'm sure we may get a couple of phone calls and emails about this if I'm wrong, but I think I'm right. Anytime I've come across a woman in recovery who needs a place to go, if they're not a battered woman or star of hope, it's very hard to find them a place to go. Well, we had a friend on the other day that you know there's this CT Church and, okay, yeah. and, and Project Hope, and but they're they're always other than that they're always full. They've got right. twenty four beds. We don't have a number of them. Yeah, and yeah. so they're trying to men can go to a million places in Houston for recovery houses, sober facilities, halfway houses. But I, I would encourage anybody out there that because Project Hope is is expanding to a forty eight bed facility. Mm. There's also Heaven's Army, which your wife has been a volunteer right. at, mm-hmm. uh, and then there's uh, uh, heels to halos, for, right. particularly for women that have been sex trafficking, abused, and, industry, yeah. and but typically again, addiction goes hand in hand with that. So, right? Yeah. So, but if this is going to be a ranch. That's awesome. Where women, whether they're struggling with anything, can go and that just remember the name Restoration Ranch. Well, let's and, let's, let's let's do this, Tony. Let's make this commitment. You can go to our Facebook page, mm-hmm. Recovery Radio Houston, and if you send us a message on that. Uh, we will do our very best yeah. to find whether you're men or women or in your certain uh, circumstances, we will do our very best to find the right place for you. Because there's all levels of recovery. There's, you know, I, I think personally you give yourself a exponentially better chance if you go to, through faith-based recovery. But second, you, you know, you got to go away somewhere. You just can't. Mm-hmm. But there is also, you know, uh, intensive outpatient therapy at right. different places. Uh, but one of the biggest uh, handicaps of society right now is people don't have insurance. Yeah. If you don't have insurance or a job that covers it, you can really be in a lot of trouble. And even you insurance, know? you know, wants to cap it at 28, it's only a certain, yeah. 28 days. But it's better and, than nothing. No, it's better than nothing. You've got yeah. to go someplace you know, people uh, uh, out there that think, oh, I'm just going to stop. I'm going to quit. You know, I, I'll give a shout out to, to uh, my father-in-law. Uh, he, he cold turkey, but he's a rare bird. Mm. He is a rare bird. He's a man of God. So he, Jesus delivered him. But Oh, they're there. They're, they're around. They're there, but they're, they're, they're rare. You, you've got to have structure. You've got to have help. And, and God puts the people in place to help you mm-hmm. and to give you structure. So please contact us. You can also contact us at Recovery Radio 
Houston at Outlook.com. You can send us an email. That's Recovery Radio Houston at Outlook.com. You can go to our Facebook page, Recovery Radio Houston, and send us a message. Well, you know, we're, we're doing this, Tony, because we want to help people. And uh, God's put it on our heart that, uh, that you know, there are people out there. How many people do you think are, are suffering under the bondage of addiction in Houston right now? Oh, oh I can't even begin to imagine. I mean, it's got to be. It's got to be in the millions. Yeah. Well, certainly if you combine the people that are suffering from addiction and well, the collateral people, damage. Oh, well, how, what's the population of Houston? About, well, the metro, I think, is about seven or eight million now. So so I would wager to say at least a million. At least. Yeah. That are actually addicted to something. Yeah. And then uh, their family members, you know, add another two or three million there. So right. half the population is dealing with addiction of one kind and or another. From a, from a quarter to half. Yeah, yeah, is from from one one form or another, either because you're addicted yourself or you don't. So, you know, if you want to help us to spread the word and 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 you know get more people on here and and use resources to help people, you can do a couple of things. You can go to uh, my church's website. That's a new CC Greater Heights. That's uh, I'm sorry, I'm saying it wrong. It's NCC Greater Heights. The the letters NCC Greater Heights. Uh, dot org ncc greater heights dot org and there you can contribute that way you can go to our facebook page which is recovery radio houston on facebook and contact us that way but uh you know people need their all these places that we're talking about they need volunteer you know they they subsist on people's time and on people's treasure people given voluntarily given them they don't take any money from the government because unfortunately the and government, that's a good thing yeah, unfortunately, the government won't uh, won't help faith based places the same way it, it 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 helps secular. And you know, Tony, we're not against secular recovery. No, no, and we're not against AA. We're not against any of the twelve step organizations. We actually we believe and support those, but we believe that uh, we want to serve as a bridge from the secular community into the true freedom and deliverance that comes with a relationship with Jesus Christ. And just remember, the stigma on the secular is that they say a higher power. Well. Yeah. They also use the word God with capital G in the big book about 98 times, literally. So that it's, 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 a, it's a God-driven program that is geared to not scare off people that have no conception of God. That's where they say, we, you know, whatever conception of God you have when you come in is sufficient to start. We have interviewed, it's supposed to be an awakening process. We have interviewed a person on this show who works as a therapist in this town now. You said that if you'd have said, come to my program, Jesus Christ, I wouldn't have gone. Yeah. And, but. I wouldn't have. Because. (laughs) (laughs) But way back in the day, I wouldn't have. Which is sad, but true. Yeah. Yeah. But it. What it does is it begins a spiritual journey. Right. And that's what recovery is, is a spiritual journey. Right. And and so we, we're for anything that gets people on that spiritual journey. Exactly. Gets them sober, gets them to uh, paying more attention to their family. You know, I, I saw a study, and I know we're running out of time, but I saw a study that they asked people, how uh, fathers, how much time do you spend with children? This is children under three with your child. And they said, oh, 20 minutes a day. They 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 monitored them somewhere. Some way, and and the actual interaction between father and child was less than thirty seconds. Wow! Now you add addiction into that frame, into yeah. that equation, might be thirty seconds a week. Yeah. So <laughs> so you know, fathers out there, as Tony went through, what you do out there is important. It's mm-hmm. important to your child, and if if there's no other reason that you should want to get sober, 
We had a pastor on last week who said it was his nine-year-old daughter. Mm. And when she started to realize what was going on in his life, that's what got him. So God will use anything. God's wonderful. Yeah. He wastes nothing. So join us here again next week. We'll be we'll be here at 10 o'clock again, uh, 9 o'clock at night at uh, Recovery Radio Houston. We'll be switching uh, at least by July 11th to the 4 p.m. hour. And uh, we love you here at Recovery Radio Houston, but more importantly, God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. And remember, get our podcast, Recovery Houston, Recovery Radio Houston podcast. Look it up. Subscribe them. Save them. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there and to all the children out there. Give your dad a hug and a kiss. Amen. Recovery Radio Houston signing off. See you next time. Good job, Tony. Enjoyed it.